I've heard it said you steer where you stare. We are bombarded daily with voices vying for our attention. And if we fill our days and minds with Netflix and social media feeds, we can get off track pretty quick. That's why I developed a 30-day music challenge. Listen to Christian music exclusively for 30 days. The challenge is free, and I'll be right there with you every step of the way. Head over to michellenizette.com forward slash 30-day challenge to sign up. Change your music, change your life. You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 244. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. My mom, who's a faithful listener, hi mom, was reading in Genesis chapter 1 the other day. And the song, So Will I, by Hillsong United, came to her mind as she considered God speaking the world into existence. And the song starts out by saying, God of creation, there at the start, before the beginning of time, with no point of reference, you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born in the vapor of your breath the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. She wrote me and asked if I'd used this song yet, and I gladly added it to the upcoming list. So before we jump into scripture, let's listen to the bridge. As the stars are made to worship, so will I. As the mountains bow so will I. And if the over to our final destination for this episode, let's consider what mom might have been reading to make her think of this song. When I open up Genesis chapter one, it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. And as I mentioned, the first verse of our lyrics of our song talks about God creating the world with no point of reference, but just the vapor of his breath, the planet's form. And if the stars were made to worship, so will I. And how many times have I read the account of creation and not paused long enough? to faithfully consider what the songwriter so eloquently pins here as he speaks, as God speaks, a hundred billion galaxies are born. And of course, that's just our human way of saying how unfathomable God's creation truly is. Because to be honest, 
there could be more than 100 billion galaxies. That's a man's measurement. So let's introduce the bites here of slowing down and meditating. Now, bites are Bible Interaction Tool Exercises, B-I-T-E. And the bites that I share are rarely complicated, but they do help us digest God's Word and do so in ways that hopefully lead to greater understanding, application, and ultimately intimacy with the God who gave us His Word in the first place. And too many times we approach the Bible the way we approach a blog article or a Facebook post. We skim. (laughs) And here's a question. Do you want to know what the words say, how they connect to the greater story, or what they mean, or how to apply them, or do you want to know the author himself? Well, I do want to know the author, but I know that it starts with his word. I know that it starts with knowing what it says and then moving to how it connects to the grander story. We've talked about the meta narrative, the big story of God's word, then moving to what it means, then how to apply it. And all throughout, I'm connected to the father himself. It's not like he's at the end of all of that. He's woven throughout all of those experiences. But you know, learning something insightful requires work. You, you got to try new things in order to get new results. And that's, that's all my bites are. I, I just use assorted exercises myself to keep things varied. I know they'll work for you if you put in the effort. And like any meaningful relationship, the effort will be worth it. It will be rewarding. And you're not alone. You have resources like music to help you. And especially with these first two bites of slowing down and meditating, music is the ultimate help in that. I've mentioned it before, but the Bible uh, uses the word meditate or the word meditate used in the Bible in the Psalms can also be translated to sing. And as you sing along with songs like So Will I, you can use them as a tool to to then meditate on truths that you've learned from God's word. And the truths, they're often reflected in the song. They really are. But the effort time should be in the word itself. I really don't want you to let Christian music replace your time in God's word. It can encourage us and it can challenge us, but it should reflect our own study and deep understanding, not bottle feed it to us. And I would be remiss if I didn't encourage you to be thoughtful about what you're singing, because just because it's considered a Christian song doesn't mean it matches exactly what scripture teaches. So the Bible should always be your standard, not the song. Now, I'm not one of those that throws the baby out with the bathwater. I mean, I heard a pastor recently say, I admire this pastor, and he recently said this. If you're in a church that's basically singing sound and helpful lyrics, and along comes a song with questionable words, then either stop singing if your conscience won't let you sing, or put a meaning on the words that you are able to affirm. Um, And that's the approach that I would like to take. So not every song that I use on this podcast to launch us into scripture has my 100% stamp of approval on every lyrical phrase. There's often some tucked in there that I'll even tell my girls, yeah, that one's not quite exactly what the Bible teaches, but I'm not using that song as my source. The word is my source and the song is my aid to meditate on what I've studied deeply in the word. So here's how the song challenged me this week. As I slowed down and I reread the creation account in Genesis 1, it dawned on me that when I picture the stars in the sky, I'm picturing my night sky 
and I live in the swamp. I'm in Louisiana and there are fewer, I'm actually near a very bright kind of racetrack area as well. And so fewer stars shine brightly in my sky than they maybe do for you if you live at the top of a mountain on a cool, crisp Colorado night. So But even beyond that, you know, my youngest daughter and I had a chance to go to the science museum in Baton Rouge recently, and they have this amazing wall with a digital display of many galaxies. Of course, not a hundred billion, but even when I just look at that entire room filled with this huge digital display, I begin to comprehend uh, how vast God is. And it's when the lyricist puts that word out there, that that 100 billion, which just seems so immeasurable, that's exactly the point. God spoke and put his immeasurableness on display and then gave us just a glimpse in our own personal night sky. And then I kept reading something that I normally skim. I just kept reading and staying in the creation account and envisioning and thinking and imagining and meditating and letting it roll around in my mind. I go, I opened up Google Earth and I just started clicking around and all the while thinking about the vastness of God's creation and that all of it came to being with a word. Even looking up Google Earth, you realize that the earth is just such a tea tiny part of these hundred billion galaxies. And I also think about how Christ was there since the beginning and is the one who continues to hold all things together. Uh, it says in, in Colossians chapter one, by him, by Christ, all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him, all things hold together. And if all of creation worships, you know, like our bridge says, if the stars were made to worship, so will I. If the mountains bow in reverence, so will I. And if the oceans roar your greatness, so will I. For if everything exists to lift you high, so will I. And if the wind goes where you send it, so will I. And if the rocks cry out in silence, so will I. There's this wonderful psalm that I meditated on all week, in fact, that mentions all of these things as well. So once you've spent some time meditating and pondering the vastness of God's creation and God himself in Genesis chapter one, what should be our response? Praise. And that's exactly what you see in Psalm 148. It says, praise the Lord, praise the Lord from the heavens, praise him in the heights above, praise him, all his angels, praise him, all his heavenly hosts, Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. Praise him, you highest heavens and you waters above the skies. Let them praise the name of the Lord. For at his command, they were created and he established them forever and ever. He issued a decree that will never pass away. Praise the Lord from the earth, you great sea creatures in all ocean depths, lightning and hail, snow and clouds, stormy winds that do his bidding, you mountains and all hills, fruit trees and all wild animals and all cattle, small creatures and flying birds, kings of the earth and all nations, you princes and all rulers on earth, young men and women, old men and children, let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His splendor is above the earth and the heavens and he has raised up for his people a horn the praise of all his faithful servants of Israel the people close to his heart praise 
the Lord. Now, don't you just hear the song, the So Will I song right here in the lyrics of Psalm 148. So we're going to finish up today by actually moving away from merely reading what the words say. And we are going to take those words we've read and the thoughts we pondered as we considered the vastness of God. And we're going to take the challenging idea from our song. And I want us to consider what God's word is calling us to do. I'm actually going to make kind of a challenging connection for you today with these uh, with these words. It'll be quick, but you'll have to you might want to think on it this week. Are you ready? (laughs) All right. So. Verse 3 of Psalm 148 says, Praise him, sun and moon. Praise him, all you shining stars. So my thought or my question is, how exactly do the sun and moon and shining stars praise God? Well, I would say that they praise God by doing what they were created to do. And and what were they created to do? Well, let's head back over to Genesis chapter 1. In verse 14, it says, God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky to separate day from the night and let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years and let them be lights in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the vault of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. So the sun and the moon, they stay right where they were placed and they shine and they reflect, right? So the sun has um, shines and the moon is reflects the light of the sun, just like they were created to do, all right? They serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years, and they give light to the earth. That is how they praise. They do what they were created to do. Our problem is that we equate praise and worship with lyrics, music, and a band, And some of us enjoy a choir, and some of us raise our hands, and some of us enjoy acoustic, some of us enjoy lights and fog machines. But let's not reduce human worship to emotionally charged verbal expressions of praise. Although I can personally enjoy all styles of music that lead into the presence of God and offer a form of worship back to Him. I, I love going to church. I went, I went this morning and I lifted my hands and I sung songs of praise to God. But that is not the complete definition of praise and worship. Worship consists in all we do. So if the sun and moon and stars worship by doing what they were created to do, then that is how we worship, right? Follow me here. So when we go back to Genesis, we see what we were created to do. In Genesis 1, 26 through 28, the divinely commissioned human task is portrayed as ruling animals and subduing the earth. And in Genesis 2, 15, it says the human task is described as working and protecting the garden. We see hints that a regular walking in the garden by the cool of the day relationship exists with the Heavenly Father. We also see that we were made in the likeness and image of God. And we also see that we were asked to be fruitful and increase in number. So what I see here when we go back and you uh, hopefully, like I said, you'll spend time there in Genesis chapter one. 
slowing down and meditating, picturing, thinking, imagining, trying to um, just let God be a little bit bigger than you let him be yesterday. And what I see here is that we were created to work. You see, the fall made work harder, but it was divinely appointed before the fall. And it, it does need to be redeemed, in all, in, as all things in creation do. But it was what we were designed to do. And these scriptures also teach us that we were made in God's image and in his likeness. And so we were made in the image of God who creates things with words. And so I, I, I do agree that we could use words to praise and worship God. There are other places in scripture that tell us to do that. And, and while we can't bring things that are not into things that are with our words, like God, I truly believe that our words have life-giving power. And yes, we are called to use them because we are made in our likeness. In the li- you were made in the likeness of God. We are called to use them for his glory. Of course, there's this contrasting warning in James. Uh, he teaches that, that words have the power to destroy as well. In James chapter 3, verse 6, it says, The tongue is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. <laughs> so there's that contrasting uh, warning as well. I mean, I guess, I guess what I'm saying is that, of course, our words and songs of worship reflect our creator, but let's not forget what we were created to do in the beginning and be sure we're worshiping through work and family. I mean, when we were, we were asked to, to multiply, that's family. Let's let our work and our family life reflect our worship of God as much as through our songs of praise to God. So our song is right. In the biblical worldview, stars and mountains and wind, they worship as much as humans. And we all worship by doing what we were created to do. And maybe our job isn't as agricultural as Adam and Eve's garden gig, you know. (laughs) But I believe that we work as worship and we sing as worship and we love as worship and we obey as worship and we study as worship all things that God has indicated in his word. And so if the stars were made to worship, so will I. So what's next? We'll go to Genesis 1 and read the creation account. Meditate on and imagine the vastness of what the words are describing. Pay special attention to each aspect of creation to see what God states as its purpose. And then hop over to Psalm 148 to see all of creation worshiping God. Consider that each part of creation worships God by doing what they were created to do. He's not saying the mountains are going to break forth in a lyrical song, right? The mountains worship by being tall and majestic and snow-capped with beautiful vegetation. They uh, they worship by being great mountains. <laughs> and so how will these truths impact your work as worship? And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneezat.com. Hop on Twitter at michellekneezat or Instagram at michellekneezat or Facebook, Michelle L. Nizat, And you can talk about what you're learning. And before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to thank the premier Christian music streaming service, theoverflow.com, for pointing their subscribers to this podcast. 
but more importantly, pointing them to God's word through music. Now, when you subscribe to their trial, you will receive a 10-day series of devotions I wrote based on some of my most popular podcast episodes. So I encourage you to check them out at theoverflow.com. And I want to thank my newest subscribers to my website, like SEB from Illinois, Roxana from Texas, and Catherine from Missouri. Welcome. Now, new subscribers to my website will benefit from a one-page resource of my top five bites that I've used on the podcast. It's a great place to start. Subscribers will also benefit from an email that I send once a week. And in that email, you get a weekly memory verse resource to display on your smartphone, tablet, desktop. You can even print it out. And you get an email recap of the week's episode and instant access to any of the extra resources that I create for my episodes from time to time. And all of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to michellekneesat.com to subscribe today. Uh, there are so many different ways to listen to the podcast these days. We are now featured on Joy 103.1 every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern and always on Spotify or through Stitcher Radio. You can also subscribe directly in iTunes. And if you do it that way while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will be using Confidence by Sanctus Real to jump into scripture. Now, if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 244. While you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.